Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Thursday continues. It's 105 at Edmonton. Oilers now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca. Hugh Porter and the gang. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. George LaRock coming up. We'll talk a bit about the Montreal Canadiens of George. Uh, we just had Louis DeBrusque on the show as well. So sandwiched in between uh, Brian Burke. Uh, and I don't, He'd be the first to tell you. He might be the third toughest guy of those three. I don't, I'm not sure, but we're going to find out right now on our River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Bob, how are you? Yes, I'm definitely third toughest. I might be fourth toughest on that list of three. There you go. Uh, well, uh, I do know this. When George wants to hit somebody, he will skate through them to hit them. Because I've experienced that once uh, back in 2008, and I'm still feeling it today, 12 years later. But Berkey, be proud of me. I got right back up, skated over after I collected my glove and helmet that went flying in the air as I did a total yard sale, and went over and stuck him right where you know where. So for doing it to me, but it, he was laughing so hard, I was so angry. But it was a good chuckle. We've had a good laugh about it over the years. But sometimes that's. That's what you got to do, even if even if you know you're going to get the snot kicked out of you. You, you can't just be a uh, in a position where a guy owns you. You got to come back at at him, and, and we see about a, a bit of that in the course of the playoffs, don't we? Well, you're trying to explain that to people who haven't played, and it's like, um, well, you got your butt kicked in a fight, and you're like, yeah. Well, why'd you start it? And I'm like, well, you, you don't get to pick who you fight. Sometimes you do it because it's the right thing. Yeah, and then people have a hard time understanding that. And it takes a great deal of courage for you to drop the gloves with a guy you know is probably going to beat you, probably going to hurt you, but you're still going to do it because you just ran your goaltender. It takes a tremendous amount of courage. I remember Tanner Glass, uh, Milan Lucic had a very quiet second half to the seventeen eighteen season, and Milan got into it with Mike Smith. Uh, you were still at the Flames at that time. And Tanner Glass, you guys had just recalled him from the minors, and he was the toughest guy on your team, and he knew what he had to do. And he went out there and squared up with Milan, and he's Tanner's not much bigger than me. 
Like, you know, and he's certainly not Milan's side. And Milan threw him around pretty good. But, but Tanner showed up for and Tanner Tanner can fight for a guy that's uh, I wouldn't call him a middleweight. I would call him a light heavyweight. Like he's he's a pretty good fighter. Uh, but he's not yeah, Larry Ross. But he's not. Or he's not. Uh, he's not Milan Lucic. But there's an example where a guy knew he had to do what was required for his team. You, uh, yeah, you obviously he, remember that because you were right next to me in the next booth. I think you were ready to go down there and go fight uh, Milan at that time. No, but even if you fight out of your weight class, if it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing to do. They run your goalie, they hit your star. I mean, that's not fun. You know, getting smacked on the fight is not fun. I can tell you that firsthand. Uh, Brian, you're a guy that likes the game being officiated a certain way. Uh, it has been, uh, for me, 17 years and... 35 pounds since I uh, played at a, a decent uh, summer level. I even had one of your former players on our team one year. Uh, but uh, I can tell you that in our playoff games back in 2003, there was more contact and less calls than there was in, in, in a couple of the qualifier games. Have we seen, like last night, Montreal and, and Philly, it got like Gallagher went out there from the opening shift and got after it, and guys were hitting each other late and sticking each other. And I mean, Kotkaniemi got the major penalty, but have we seen the standard decrease a bit and have they let the boys play a little bit more here as we've gotten into the actual first round technically of the playoffs? Absolutely, as they should have. Um, we've been praising the officiating in the last couple, last half dozen nights that they have not put the whistles away, which no one wants, but they have raised the bar on what it takes, how much of a foul it requires before a penalty is called. Yeah, it's always been that way. Players want it that way. Coaches want it that way. Fans want it that way. Don't put the whistle away. Last night they called a major penalty on Cocky and Emmy. He had it coming. Uh, Niskanen's got a hearing today. He's going to get something for the cross-check. No one's saying put the whistle away. No one wants to go back to the 70s. But right. it should take more to get a penalty in the playoffs than it does in the regular season. There's more at stake. I actually think, you know, you mentioned the 70s, and we think of the Broad Street bullies and everything. And But I actually think in, in terms of putting the whistle away and what you could get away with in defending, I think to the Dallas Stars, and maybe it's just because the Oilers always played the Stars in the opening round of the playoffs, and Edmonton got the one upset victory, and then Dallas was just too good and too expensive, and we didn't have a cap back then. But their defense used to just hack it. You know, Darian Hatcher would be cleaving guys on the wrist, and Mav to Chuck, uh, Craig Ludwig would be draped all over you like an octopus. Like to me, that was the time in which it was sort of called the dead puck era. New Jersey Devils as well, though. Don't tell the Devils fans that because one year they were second in the league in goals for. You know where I'm going with this. I actually think that was a a tougher time where there were fewer calls than maybe even back in the '70s. Well, it was, people say to me all the time how bad the goaltending was back in the dead puck era, and you look at some of the goals that went in that wouldn't go in now on a university goaltender, uh, maybe even a high school goaltender. So everyone says, oh, there's no goaltending back then. I'm like, yeah, but look at the hooking and holding those guys had to put up with, too. Right. So we've gotten better in goal. We've, we've almost eliminated restraint. And we have a faster, better game for it, but it's, you're still not seeing a big increase in goal scoring because goaltending's still good. So to me... What they've always done in the playoffs is, again, not put the whistle away, but just said, okay, there's so much more at stake here. Uh, we're going to try and raise the bar, raise the standard, call a little bit less. 
And as long as the players don't take advantage of it, you get a better game out of it. You get more hitting. You get more one-on-one battles. And then, you know, the risk is, and it happened one time, I remember, when I was working at the league, Bebo Dvorsky was doing a game in Philly, a playoff game. And he let them play, and then they took advantage. They started getting rougher and rougher, and it ended up looking like a rugby match. And I went down afterwards and said, Debo, what, what were you doing out there? He said, I didn't want to put either team down. The game was too close and too important. So yeah. what we suggested at the time is, well, call matching minors then. And then warn both benches. Bang two guys at once, one from each team, and then skate by the bench and say, all right, I let you play. Now you're being stupid. I'm going to start calling penalties. So I, would, I think they've done a really good job. I, I think there have been some soft calls early, and I think that's because – Early in the season, that's what officials do. They call too many penalties. They're trying to get the standard for the year, and so they overcall things. So I thought we started like that. And so I'm screaming at the TV, hey, this isn't October. This is the playoffs. you got to let them play. But I think they've adapted nicely. For a Canadian power pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar, Brian Burke joining us in orders now. Bob Stauffer with you. What's been your favorite series to watch? Oh, Colorado is really hard not to watch, aren't they? They're so much fun. They can skate. Explosive. They're deep. Yeah, but they're so explosive. Like they're, I I think Vegas is just as deep as Colorado, maybe deeper, but they're not as much fun to watch. They don't, they don't explode out across the screen like these guys do. Vegas is fun. Um, And then now, I think Montreal and Philly are going to be fun now for the rest of the series, (laughs) however long it goes. Yeah, it's just uh, it's like they put a blowtorch on that one last night. It'd been relatively quiet, and then there was kind of a nuclear explosion last night. So I think that one's going to be ugly and fun to watch now too. Brian, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I I never thought Colorado was in threat of losing Arizona, uh, losing Arizona. I mean, Arizona got outshot all four games by Nashville. Kemper stole them that uh, qualifier, um, and then Vegas and Chicago. You know. Vegas could tilt the ice. Frankly, I'm surprised Chicago even won a game, and Corey Crawford played a part in winning that game. I want to talk to you about the the two Western Canadian teams that are in it. Uh, the team, well, you, you you were general manager of one team and president of the other. Um, we'll start with the game tonight, Van, or uh, tonight, Calgary and Dallas. It's it's game six. Um, I think we've seen how valuable Matthew Kachuk is to, to the Flames because they. Dallas has started territorially to to come on a bit here over the last three games, and Kachuk hasn't been available, and I think that's hurt them. Uh, but I'd like to get your thoughts on that series. Well, everything you said is true. They they miss Matthew Kachuk. He's a inspirational leader on the ice. Mark Fiordano is the captain, and he's excellent. But the guy that drags people into the fight and shames them into performing better is, is Matthew Kachuk. And um, they miss him greatly, and that's the first thing, if you're a Calgary Flames season ticket roller, that's the first thought that went through your head when you saw that collision. Was oh, I hope he's not concussed, and I don't know if he is or not. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they miss him greatly. I think they've been outplayed badly for significant stretches of every game. Um, I think the reason they're in this is Cam Talbot, and that's got to make you nervous because of two things. One, it doesn't get you out of the woods unless the big guys step up, and the big guys haven't done anything five on five. They don't have a point. The big, the big three forwards don't have a point five on five. So I think they've been outplayed badly for significant stretches of of the series 
And if they, that continues, they're going to lose. You can't count on miraculous goaltending every night. And so it's on, and their goaltending and their defensive scheme is pretty good. So to me, uh, it's the big guys have to step up. I mean, that's what they pay them for. Uh, it's time uh, and no excuses. And they didn't perform well last year either. So you start to wonder if this is a pattern or not. But I think that their second period in the, in the game, the last game they played, the game five, I thought their second period was their best period. But Dallas looks bigger, stronger, faster, uglier. Their deer much more active. Um, they're they're really winning the battles in all three zones for me for probably six of the last nine periods. Yeah, Talbot's been, with all due respect to Hudobin, who's a really good 1B goaltender. I mean, they don't have Bishop, and Calgary's won the goaltending battle. That's the only reason for me we're, you know, we're sitting here talking about a game six. Uh, hypothetically, if the Flames get eliminated by Dallas, and if Monaghan and, and Goodrow don't get anything going here in game six or even if it goes to seven, do you foresee a potential change there in the offseason? Well, I don't do hypotheticals, but obviously we'll, we'll, talk, we'll have that conversation next okay. week if they're eliminated. But the fact of the matter is something's going something's gonna to change. No one's going to – you can't keep doing the same thing and not having success. So something's going to change. Brad Sullivan's a real smart guy. He'll figure it out. But I don't do hypotheticals. I get those all the time. It's like, well, if, they, if they're losing four, will the coach get fired? I'm like, they haven't lost the game yet. It hasn't even started. If hands so and nuts were candy and, yeah, you know, the whole spiel. Exactly. Brian, uh, Vancouver. Uh, and I think there's a confluence of events. Like, Vancouver was deeper than the Oilers all season long. Uh, the goaltender was pretty good for their Markstrom. And they were right there. They were right behind the Oilers in the standings. And, of course, they got out of their first. They didn't look good in their first game against many, but then they took that series over. They do have a couple injuries. Like, they picked up Toffoli and uh, Furland in free agency. Toffoli at the deadline. Those guys aren't available. Uh, to me, Vancouver's got – they're up 3-2 in the series now. I'm I'm not convinced St. Louis has got another gear here. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that Vancouver might be the better. It's crazy, right? St. Louis won the cup and we're in first place in the West. I might, you know, Vancouver's got two cracks at this thing to win it. They can get this thing done, can't they? Yeah, yeah, they can. But what's what's interesting is I don't agree with hardly anything of what you said leading up to that question. Sorry. Yeah. I, I always do this show, so people are listening. I always do the show with a headset on sitting in my home office and today I had to drive so I apologize if it's a little different sound um, I think Vancouver's been outplayed badly for stretches of the game too but again Markstrom's been great and they're getting timely performances right through the lineup last night was Tyler Mott Yeah. I mean I said on TV last night I'm going to show a goal by Tyler Mott when was the last time you saw him in a goal package well he had so, two I mean, last night <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. that first I mean, goal was yeah, brilliant that was a great scoring. goal yeah, but, and then that, or, uh, Jake Furtanen scores last night. I mean, if you're getting distributed, if you're getting scoring distri- distributed through the lineup, that takes all the pressure off the big guys. And so that's what happened early in the Dallas Calgary series. Dubé steps up, Reader steps up, everything's great. But when they dry up, because at some point they can't be the solution, the big guys have to take over. So it's almost like you guys take a nap while we'll drive the truck while you take a nap. But when you wake up. You got to drive faster, and and the thing that scares you if you're if you're muddling through, what scares you is this doesn't get any easier if you do advance. Yeah. So playing well and playing consistently and playing hard, 
those are important habits to develop right now because this is the low part of the mountain. The mountain gets steeper. Brian Burke joining us. And, Brian, for the record, lots of people disagree with me on this on the show so <laughs> in fact I've, I've got my family listening and, and 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 they disagree most days as well uh switching focus how important is it for a manager or a management team because it's a team not to and, and i'm you know we'll circle back to an edmonton centric perspective here good step forward year during the regular season on you know didn't get the result that they wanted in the qualifier how do you make sure you don't overreact to a bad playoff or a bad qualifier in terms of evaluating the season and the players? I don't think there's a single person in Alberta. Well, there's a lot in southern Alberta because they hate the Oilers. Um, anyone north of Red Deer that would say that the Edmonton Oilers didn't have a successful season and a poor postseason. They took major steps forward in every area. Kenny Holland's on a five-year deal. He ain't going to panic. He's going he's gonna to say, okay, we did make progress. Now, next year, we have to make another step. And that's going to be the mantra for the summer. And he's got some tough decisions. He's got cap issues. But he's a veteran guy and a good guy. He'll figure it out. But he, one thing he's going to – and when I say ain't, folks, it's not Beverly Hillbillies and poor grammar. It's just want to make a point of emphasis. He ain't going to panic. Yeah. Um, final one for you. You're a former agent uh, before you went to work for the league and then as a manager throughout the league. Taylor Hall, uh, unrestricted free agent. This is a tough year, obviously, for that group, given the fact that, uh, you know, the situation is what it is. Would you recommend a guy like Taylor Hall do something like Marion Hosa did, where maybe sign somewhere for a year? Well, I, I think that class, including Petrangelo and Krug and a bunch of other guys, I think they're all going to get compacted by the flat cap. I, I think you're going to see teams very reluctant to give term and very reluctant to give big dough. And I think I feel badly for these guys because to get to unrestricted free agency is not easy. you got to play that last year with the risk of injury, blow out your knee, you don't get the big dough, and, and they get their chance. And, you know, I look at a guy like Petrangelo, who's done everything right. Been a durable player, a good guy, won a cop. He's given St. Louis everything he owes him, and now it's his turn to step up to the bank teller. And the bank teller's going to put a sign up that says, gone for lunch. <laughs> and he's going to end up with less term and less money than he would have. But that's going to be it going forward, as my prediction is. The, the teams are they're talking flat cap for two years, Bob. It's going to be a flat cap for five years. It's going to be a flat cap, and they're taking a 30% rollback this year, 10% deferral and a 20% cap on escrow. Well, escrow is going to be 40%, so the cap's 20. It's long gone. So they're, they're taking a 30% pay cut this year. It's not a good year to be a UFA. Yeah. Uh, just to, with Petrangelo, everybody respects um, Doug Armstrong, wins a Stanley Cup. A lot of guys were happy for him that he won. The, the whole, and of course he couldn't have foreseen the challenges that would have occurred with COVID. But if I had Alex Petrangelo, I'm not like, and I had Colt Pareko, two right shots that traded for Justin Falk for Joel Edmondson. And Falk's been pretty good the last two or three games for St. Louis. I just, I found those machinations a little bit interesting, given he already had Pareko long termed and his captain was coming up. You know what I mean? The fact that he focused on another right shot D to get him done. Was that a backup plan? And, you know, 
Could you see how maybe that it, it, could that potentially? I mean, it, it didn't show in the regular season standings, but is that unsettling at all, Brian? No, I, I think what it is. I, I don't know uh, Alex Petrangelo. I can say hi to him, but yeah. I don't know him. But he's a quality person, and they have a number of mine. My my guess is that they've been unable to fix uh, the agree to the terms of a new deal that makes sense. And St. Louis is saying no to money or term or both. And they've just reached an impasse, and they're just—they're all. Everyone's acting professional through it, but if they were—they were desperately trying to make a deal, both sides, they'd have had one by now. Yeah, great stuff, Brian. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That's Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Uh, for the record, I think the Blues are at seventy-nine million dollars right now. And they gotta get Petrangelo done. He's gotta be at least a seven and a half, eight million dollar defenseman. Um, I guess they could buy out Steen, uh, move out one of their goaltenders maybe, uh, move some other money around. Time will tell. There's gonna be a lot of that going on. Japanese Village open to serve you to any one of their five Edmonton and area locations with Alberta's steak and tasty seafood cooked right at your table. Reservations now available. Go online. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And it jvedmonton.ca. Uh, we'll get to the injury report for our friends at James H. Brown when we return on Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chad. 127 in Edmonton, Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. You can head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Away we go into the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. Trent Brown. Jim Brown, the gang at jameshbrown.com. They want you to stay safe and stay positive. Back at the 630 Chet Studios, Brendan Escott. Nicholas Backstrom is questionable again today for the Capitals. He's not played since game one. Did skate again this morning. Uh, Isles forward Cal Clutterbuck is now considered a game-time decision. Barry Trotz said yesterday that he should have been good to go. Clutterbuck still feeling the effects of a low hit from Radko Gudis in the last one. Uh, Flames forward Matthew Kachuk, game-time decision for a fourth consecutive game. Boy, have they missed uh, missed his presence there. Uh, Canucks defenseman Alex Edler left last night's game after taking an 
errant skate from Jordan Kairou up near his ear, neck area. The 34-year-old did not return to play in the third. And Brendan Gallagher, as we mentioned earlier on, questionable tomorrow. They're evaluating him for a possible fractured jaw, courtesy of that cross-check that landed Matt Niskin in a phone call with Department of Player Safety. Puck drop for Montreal tomorrow, 5 o'clock our time. Yeah, Gallagher, uh, it's a, you mentioned the jaw. I got a CT scan uh, this afternoon, the reverse angle. If you go to the Montreal Canadiens Twitter account, the reverse angle on that play from Niskanen, ugly with a capital U. That's a cheap play uh, and one that you sometimes have to back up. 128 in Edmonton. George LaRock coming up as uh, Truculent Thursday continues after a global news weather traffic update with Kerry McCarthy. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.